monster created by a man they called mad is turned loose to strike terror into the hearts of men. <laughs> to shock women into uncontrolled hysteria. <laughs> to prey upon the innocence of children. This is the story you've heard about, talked about, the spine-tingling, blood-chilling story that stuns your emotions. Frankenstein! Don't touch that! Welcome everyone to another installment of Wonder Soul's Monster Movie Madness, where we have been sitting down talking about the Universal Studios' classic monsters such as the Invisible Man, Wolfman, the Mummy, uh, Dracula, which was our previous episode, and now today we get to cover Frankenstein, and this is a classic uh in cinema just in general not just as a horror movie or as a universal studios classic monster movie uh, i got a lot to say about this film but before we get started i wanted to say thank you to everyone who supports the podcast on twitter and instagram and also a big shout out to everyone who supports the podcast on patreon and if this is your first time listening to Wonder Soul, I hope that you enjoyed this episode first and foremost, and that you go back and check out the previous episodes, not only in this miniseries, Monster Movie Madness, uh, but other episodes in the catalog, and uh, tell us what you think. So anyways, let's go ahead and get started talking about Frankenstein. Now, if you did listen to the Dracula episode, you would... Remember, hopefully, that I had high praise for that film. Out of all of the monster movies that we've covered so far, Dracula has been my favorite. Um, maybe I'm a little biased when it comes to that opinion, but I do want to be honest with you guys about each film and everything that we talk about on the podcast. So, yeah, so that's a personal favorite, but I think it still is one of the best out of all the ones we've talked about. Now, here we are with Frankenstein. Now, Frankenstein is an interesting film in itself, uh, the concept and the origins. Um, to begin with, uh, let's go ahead and address that Dracula and Frankenstein have something in common. Uh, unlike some of the other Universal Studios monster movies, uh, these were based off of novels. This was originally written by Mary Shelley. Uh, she wrote this story in 1818. So, quite some time ago. Uh, it's just like Bram Stoker's Dracula. These stories, uh, I almost feel like they're better than the other films because of that source material, because of the novelization of uh, these uh, works and having so much to draw from and to work with. Uh, not to discredit any of the other films, it just seems like these authors did a fantastic job just building this world, uh, describing the atmosphere and the creatures and these characters. And so with that, I think the movies only benefit 
and, and almost gain an edge over the previous installments that we've talked about on the podcast. Um, so what is Frankenstein about if you've never seen it, if you've never heard or read the book? Uh, so basically a quick summary is an obsessed scientist assembles a living being from parts of exhumed corpses. So basically, uh, a mad scientist goes a little in over his head, a little deep into his work, and uh, starts collecting body parts from graveyards and try to bring uh, the dead back to life. And uh, that's the kind of tale that we're dealing with today. Um, This movie coming out in 1931 I think about the same year as Dracula but this movie for that time was pretty shocking um, dealt with some sort of disturbing themes and ideas and even challenging certain uh, ideas and beliefs with the story um, at the time I remember one of the standout things about this film is when you start it you get uh, Van Helsing. Well, not Van Helsing, but the same guy who played Van Helsing in Dracula. And he's also in Frankenstein as the other doctor. Um, He comes out on stage almost to warn, but to inform you that, hey, I think you'll enjoy this, but hey, we're just going to give you a good warning because this could freak some people out. So prepare yourself. And I think that was just so awesome and unique because you don't get that from anything anymore. Um, but it, it set the tone. It made you really question, uh, am I doing the right thing by sitting down and watching this film, especially at the time? Now, I know that a lot of these classics, these black and white films, these monsters, they're not as scary, quote-unquote, uh, as uh, they used to be, especially to modern audiences, but... At that time, you're dealing with some really freaky themes, you know, challenging uh, what happens after you died, challenging death, and, uh, you know, going into graveyards and digging up dead bodies and cutting them up and using the parts and stitching them and putting them back together. That's kind of freaky if you think about it. Really freaky if you think about it, no matter what day and age we live in. Um, So with that being said, the movie from start to finish is just like Dracula to me. It pulls you in from the get-go and it just kind of takes you on this very, um, I wouldn't say simple, but really nice paced story without a lot of boring moments, without a lot of filler. It just keeps on moving, but everything serves a purpose. But you can follow along with what's going on and you can keep track of all the characters because there's not like a huge cast or crew. Um, and one of the interesting things about this film is some of the, the ideas and questions that it brings to the audience. And I love looking at things like this in a, in a new way and, uh, kind of playing with some of the concepts that they're, they're, you know, bringing to you, the audience to ask yourself, like, you know, is it wrong of Henry Frankenstein to play with life and death? You know, there's a famous line in there that uh, I think through certain versions of the film was cut because to some audiences it was kind of blasphemy or or offensive as far as when when Henry brings the monster to life, he says something like, you know, 
now I know what it feels like to be God. And though in certain versions, not in the one that I watched uh, today, but they'll have the thunder kind of block that out. But that was a big thing in this movie is like Henry sits down. Who, who Henry's the mad scientist, basically. He's played by Colin Clive, and he is like the Robert Downey Jr. of the Universal Studios classic monster universe. Because, you know, in further films, a lot of these characters and actors and actresses, they, they uh, share the same screen and, and share some of the same stories and sequels, especially. Um, but he just is a main character that is obsessed with his work and driven mad by that obsession but he tries to justify his motivations by saying you know to be a scientist is to ask questions to be curious to be human even is to be all those things and you know when you start to ask certain questions when you start to um you know try to discover answers to things that people may not want to know the actual truth or will break their their foundation of beliefs um dealing with death life purpose um things like that he is, you know, just constantly saying throughout the film that, you know, everybody thinks I'm crazy. You think I'm crazy. And, and most people think those who do things or think things that um, are beyond most people's understanding or contradict a lot of their beliefs is crazy. And he's just – he rolls with that. Like he doesn't come off like a mad scientist. He actually comes off like a good dude. Who, just like so many others, no matter what field, no matter what time, um, who just get taken over by their their own personal goals and ambitions and obsessions as far as their work. And he is just cooped up in a castle laboratory, which is a fantastic setting and atmosphere with all the electricity and all the equipment and everything. Um, you know, and he has his like Igor assistant that's not called Igor in this film. I think he's called like uh, Frist or Frick or something like that. I forgot. Um, <laughs> but he's also the guy, he's Renfield from Dracula. I think the same actor plays that character. Um, so, you know, maybe isolation, kind of like Jack Nicholson in The Shining, isolation can drive you crazy. Um, just a lot of different things. I mean, there's some very deep concepts that he's challenging and wanting to find out. And he's even doing some shady shit and going into graveyards and cutting down hanged criminals and, and, and probably taking all that to the lab, cutting up body parts and stitching them back together. Like his, uh, concept of human life and reality are distorted at this, you know, at this moment. So his performance, uh, Colin and, and the character of Henry Frankenstein, I've always enjoyed. And he's in the sequel of Bride of Frankenstein and his famous lines of it's alive, it's alive. And that whole moment and everything that he does throughout the film is just fantastic. He is a strong protagonist, but we know that in some ways he's the bad guy. He's guilty for doing this. I mean, he had no intentions to make a monster, quote unquote. Uh, the whole scene and, and story plot of the brain skin switched out and Igor, I'm just going to call him Igor. 
he grabs a criminal brain or an abnormal brain in some <laughs> uh, renditions, and that's why the Frankenstein monster is violent, I think. I don't know. That begs a lot of different questions too because the monster, which is not named Frankenstein, that is a common mistake uh, that we need to do a better job <laughs> of getting right and correcting others. Uh, because unlike all these other films, Dracula, The Wolfman, The Invisible Man, Frankenstein is the scientist. It's not the monster, even though Boris Karloff's performance as the monster um, is awesome. Just awesome. I mean, he was good in The Mummy, even though I felt like that was one of the weaker films. But maybe at the time it was viewed better. But Boris and the whole monster in general as a story plot is so damn interesting because uh, yeah the monster has a messed up brain but like is the the memories and the soul of the brain or that person whose brain that was carry on is that why the monster becomes violent um and it starts to ask you know uh, is it your environment is it genetics is it just you know destiny you are who you are and you're always going to be that way and um because we see moments with the monster where he's um innocent sympathetic almost childlike in a lot of ways but that's where i think you can relate a lot of things um to those questions because in certain environments he's he's okay like one of the most touching scenes and i don't think people look at it this way but when the monster is first introduced and you get that eerie spooky scene and the zoom in with boris karloff and his eyes and we get this first look at the monster the scene where he sits down and i think henry and the other doctor they open up like the the sunroof or some kind of thing and the sun shines down on the monster and you see him looking up and then he stands up and then he reaches his arms up and I've always looked at that scene like the monster is somebody who was dead and brought back to life and uh, just for I guess purposes of this talk and everything you know they say that when you die you see a light right well, maybe this creature, this this being, because it had seen what was on the other side, had seen a light and was drawn to it, almost like upset that it was robbed of that. Like maybe in a way the monster or the brain was in an afterlife and then because of Henry Frankenstein, it brought it out of that and brought it back to the world but obviously not the same you're, you're you know would you appreciate dying and then you popping up in a body that's made of all these different parts and it, you know you don't really know who you are and blah 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 that would that would suck but then i also thought of it like you know he sees the light and it's like a light that you see when you die and he's drawn to it he wants it um and that's why I think he's afraid of fire. I'm sure there's other – these are just speculation. Um, but he's afraid of fire because it represents hell. And it's like get away from – you know, I don't want to go to the flames. So maybe the monster – ooh, this could get deep. Maybe the monster is a combination of different souls in a way because of the different parts. The the brain is criminal and probably if there was like something attached to it, it went to hell. 
Um, you know, if you believe in all these different concepts, but it also probably is filled with different energies, I guess, of different souls, different parts. It, it can get really deep. <laughs> I mean, Frankenstein is such a cool movie because it deals with a lot of scientific stuff. Um, you know, can you bring life back from the dead? Uh, I know they do things in modern times with different, you know, experiments and stuff like that. Um, but it's always been a touchy thing. Like, should we? If we did develop the technology or the way to bring people back from the dead, should we do that? We've seen so many examples like Pet Cemetery <laughs> and Frankenstein, obviously, where that doesn't always work out. And maybe when things are gone, they're better off being left alone. Um, curiosity and science, though, is like a major foundation for this film. You know, it's in a time where I'm thinking, okay, 1818, this movie was released in 1931, so you got to think about what was going on in the world at that time. Some of the advancements in technology and just how, like, whenever there is change and people start to question status quo, um, it, it can unsettle people. It can make people feel uncomfortable. Um, you know, begging to know the answers to the questions like, is there life after death? And, uh, you know, who has the right to experiment with those ideas? And, and, and should you be able to do that if you can? And it also kind of shows the effects of obsession, you know, with Henry and his obsession with his work and also dealing with failures. Because the moment the monster loses its shit, kills Igor um, and starts attacking everybody, starts to become very violent um, – he is like basically burnt out. He is collapsing. They even take him away because he's just so like, oh my gosh, this is not what I wanted. He's so confident when he was talking to Van Helsing, which is just the doctor. It's just the same actor uh, <laughs> um, where he's like, well, you should know the brain came from your laboratory. And he smokes his cigarette and he's like, yo, the, the brain that was stolen from my laboratory was a criminal brain. So... You know, joke's on you, man. <laughs> and I think he knew right then. He's like, oh my gosh, I've done so much shit. I've sacrificed so much. And my life's work. I've, I've, I've not spent time with the, the woman I love. I've distanced myself from everyone. And it's all going to come crashing down and burning around me. And that's sad, you know. And you start to feel for Henry uh, just as somebody who is working towards something, putting so much into it. And then to see it all, you know, fail is just not fun. And, and that kind of adds to the tragic story of this movie and Frankenstein. Um, it also adds to the atmosphere of the film because there is this uh, feeling of dread. And, and it's almost like this. I don't know. You just feel bad for the monster and Henry. And it's almost like sometimes people, when they uh, depict the story of Frankenstein, it's like they're the they're two sides of the same coin. I always love the concept of duality. I mentioned that in the Wolfman uh, episode, so check that out if you haven't. And um, just this constant battle with ourselves and with like um, each other in in the sense of opposites. And uh, it's very, I don't know. It it, it kind of pulls at you. I think you can find sympathy for the the monster, and I think you can find sympathy for Henry even though you might not agree with his methods or what he's doing. Because um, <laughs> th 
one of the most iconic scenes in this film, to me, is the the little girl scene where the little girl sees the monster. They go near a pond, I think. She starts to throw flower petals in the water and just like, hey, look, they float. And he gets enjoyment from it. He smiles for the first time. Uh, I don't think we see him that happy until like the Bride of Frankenstein. But uh, this is a living being now, if you're looking at it like this, where, you know, it was brought back to life, was like constantly, you know, uh, scared with fire and there's even whips and different things like that. He's only known brick castle, you know, cages and chains and all this stuff. And now he's out there in the sunlight and nature. And this little girl is not afraid or intimidated by him. And she even like takes him up like a friend. And then he runs out of flower petals as he starts to do it with her. And he picks her up and he throws her in the water and she drowns. And that's pretty deep and dark for that time too. And, and even now. So it's like, wow, you start to sympathize for him. You're like, would he be a monster? Is he a monster? Like they brought him back to life is he a empty shell or is there evil within him or is 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 there an opportunity there to mold and steer him into a direction where he won't harm other people you know you don't know you start to see different examples with like different interpretations of this monster and uh you know where people like to take him i like to look at like he is a empty shell but he has fragments or tendencies that are left over you know from previous owners in a way from the brain to the body parts and stuff um but i think he is just shown so much um rejection and i guess people just intimidated by him and being scared i mean imagine how you would feel you know i'm not trying to the, the Boris Karloff's monster kills a handful of people in this film and goes on to in sequels and stuff. I mean, the monster isn't like a good guy, but it's always interesting when we get these villains, these monsters, these antagonists that you are torn because you see good. You see examples of kindness and compassion and gentleness, and but they're monsters, so you wonder, are they a monster or are they created? You know, were they a product of their environment and those around them and how those people treated them? You know, it kind of makes you toss a lot of different things in your head. But I will say that this movie is one of my favorites. Um, just like Dracula, this movie holds a personal spot in my horror fandom as far as these classics go um i like every one of these films in the universal studios collection but dracula and frankenstein are definitely my top tier uh selections whenever i'm sitting down to watch some of these old classics and it just goes without saying that frankenstein is a a kind of a breakthrough film for horror in the sense that it's kind of like a sci-fi meets gothic meets your you know your I wouldn't say superstition and all that or or dealing with magic or anything like Dracula very much has like that uh 
more magic-y feel than science, you know. He's the undead because he's a vampire. Vampire, and, you know, we can get into all that. This is literally a scientist, you know, using science to bring back something from the dead. And then that thing becomes a violent monster and starts killing people. So, you know, for the time and and, and just how iconic the lines and, and the scenes and how many adaptations have been done towards both those characters dracula and frankenstein's monster frankenstein is definitely one of the best and and it's just you know a good example of classic horror and should be watched uh as often as you get the chance every halloween because uh without movies like dracula without movies like frankenstein and a lot of these other universal studios monsters a lot of what we enjoy uh, since then, when it comes to horror, when it comes to other things, drew their inspiration and influence from Frankenstein and Mary Shelley's work. And so as far as a rating for this movie, I will say, ooh, <sighs> I, I, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Um why not 10 out of 10? I think I gave Dracula a 10 out of 10. And I think the 9 is just the ending. Just once Henry leaves the castle and they go back, other than the, the little girl scene, it just kind of is like, whatever. They get married and then they go chase him and and then he dies up in the windmill and stuff like that. Or does he? I guess we'll find out because there is the Bride of Frankenstein that we will be talking about next and uh but yeah i will definitely say that this is one of my favorites 9 out of 10 is still amazing so do yourself a favor and check out frankenstein if you haven't that's the 1931 version that was directed by i think james whale let me double check i think it was james whale james whale he did the invisible man and he also does bride of frankenstein which we'll talk about next and we will talk about that next in the wonder horror special uh that's coming out just in time for halloween so stay tuned for that if you want to get the epic conclusion to this awesome spooky mini series that i've done here on wonder soul that you guys have been supporting and enjoying i hope i uh, can't wait to do more mini series like this every halloween and also just cover different films in in stories in the future um so yeah tell me if i left anything out about frankenstein or any of the previous episodes so i can you know broadcast that out to everybody else um tell me what you thought of the movie and story have you read the book um how are they different i know that that's always a tricky question when we're talking about novels that have been adapted to film so i would love to get everybody's opinion on that but other than that Hope you guys are enjoying your October, your Halloween uh, spookiness. Uh, and no matter when you're listening to this, I hope everything is going well. And uh, thank you again for your support for the podcast for Wonder Soul. And until next time on our next episode, be sure to check out the Wonder Horror special. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy that. Happy Halloween. Enjoy the rest of your day or night. And until the next episode, do good and take care. Thank you for listening to Wander Soul. Connect with the podcast through social media. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Search Wander Soul. If you enjoyed this episode, <laughs>
please share, rate, and review. You can find us on YouTube and Twitch. We appreciate your support. Wonder Soul hopes you have yourself a good day.